Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out of the Drawing Pan, a Pokemon This Series podcast, where each week we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime and just random topics that pop into our heads. Just a quick reminder, we are an E for Explicit Podcast, so listener discretion is advised, and I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. Audio fidelity? Ha. I laugh in the face of audio fidelity. Is that a Lion King reference, or just the fact that we can't start this podcast on time anymore because we always have audio issues? It's both. Oh, it's both. Oh, a hybrid. I like it. Yeah, I think my voice probably sounds like shit yet again, but in all fairness, it's because Jacob took my headphones and hasn't returned them, and now my audio system's all fucked up. Well, you see, you say your voice sounds shitty, but to me it just sounds natural. So, let's go on to Alex, our other co-host. How you doing, Alex? That sounds like a veiled insult to me, but I'm doing just fine, Jacob. Good, good, good. And I didn't take your headphones, Austin. You left them. There's a difference. And then you saw me after that, and you didn't return them. I'm just saying. <laughs> I thought they were my headphones. Oh. Because <laughs> we have the exact same ones. And I left them downstairs, and I came upstairs today to record, and I was like, oh, my headphones are next to my mic. This is a good lesson in responsibility and consequences. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Austin. Maybe next week we can get them to you somehow. We'll see. Carrier pigeon. I'm afraid to talk too much because I'm afraid my voice is just terrible, so I can't do anything. I'm caught. It's a quagmire. No, I think it sounds good. It really. Mm-hmm. Not trying to be joking or anything. It sounds fine. I'm gonna recuse myself from the podcast. Goodbye. No, no you're not gonna. <laughs> you can't excuse yourself or exclude yourself because, like I said, next week we'll try to get the headphones to you, but we can talk about the previous week with week talk. Our week talk segment. And I'm going to throw this out onto the floor. Do, did anybody have anything individually they want to talk about? Or should we kind of just talk about the group activity? If somebody has something they want to do for themselves, go right ahead. Any takers? In the sake of time, I do not. Okay. I can't think of anything. It's not coming to mind. So nothing individual. But we did do something fun as a group. Yes, we did. Why don't you go and tell them what it is? We went to medieval times. Back in time to the Renaissance Fair. We did not go to Medieval Times Restaurant. We went back to a medieval village. It was a renaissance festival of sorts. Of sorts? Yeah. <laughs> I'll put that in there, of sorts. Were, were you uh, displeased with the renaissance festival? I would give it like an okay, to be honest. I was like, this is... I had fun hanging out with you guys. You guys made it fun. Hanging out was fun. Yeah. Some things, the shows were fun, but... I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I'm not trying to be negative Nancy here. Does someone else have more positive outlook on this? Yes, or? I do. I'm not allowed to be a negative Nancy anymore, <laughs> so true. I can't. I'm taking Austin's role this week. Okay, let's talk about our favorite thing from the Renaissance Festival that we experienced. I'll go first. Mine was the joust. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, I guess mine would be the, like... Probably the cheesiest thing there was this, like, mud show that they had going on where, like, people just jumped in mud and threw mud at each other. And I was like, that's 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 fun. That was, to me, the most fun. Performer. Let me clarify. Performers, not actual audience members. Yeah, performers. It wasn't performers. a free-for-all. Overall, it was fun. 
it was extremely crowded, so that limits the amount of activities you can partake in, but it wasn't too, too hot. I mean, it was pretty hot, but not too, too hot. Overall, I think it was fun. Austin, what did you think? Alex, you had a good time. Austin, what about you? I enjoyed hanging out with you guys. That's the spirit, Austin. We enjoyed hanging out with you. Austin and I are in the same boat. And I will say this. I think we left like right at the right time. You ever get like you're in crowds? And this is the first time I've been in like a huge crowd like that. And I couldn't even remember the last time because, you know, obvious reasons. But towards the end there, you could feel like a shift in tone. Did anyone else feel that? Like there was like this dark haze coming through and you're just like, we need to run now well, literally the clouds were about to pour down <laughs> yeah i was about to start pouring and oh my gosh it was like i guess the alcohol started kicking in because they did some alcohol at this fair for some people oh my god yeah, oh my we had some god. interactions with those people at the end there we're like hey, these people may be driving we need to get out of here now and we flew to the exit those people were either pre-gaming or they brought their own booze because I tried to get tipsy and I couldn't do it. Yeah, double-handed double, double margaritas there. Yep. To be fair, that was like small cups, though. It's like little shot glasses full of margarita. <laughs> it was really expensive because, you know, it's a fair. So, yeah, you had to have brought alcohol in from the outside. I guess they don't really, like, check. I mean, going through, they didn't check. They just scan your ticket and they're like, okay, come in. And we're like, okay. Yeah, there was no, like, clear bag policy or... Any of that stuff, it was just a free-for-all. You had a ticket, you were good to go. I guess it'd be hard to do there, because there was a bunch of people cosplaying. Austin was like a level 38 wizard. Alex was like a paladin. Yep. We did not dress in costumes. No, we didn't dress in costumes. I'm with uh, Austin, though. (laughs) It was just fun hanging out. The festival itself was kind of... I'm glad you had fun, Alex. Let's put it that way. Oh, you guys are just a bunch of party poopers. I thought it was fun. It was... A good time. And you know what? We don't often do things like that, extracurriculars like that. So it was something different, and I appreciated it. Extracurriculars? Extracurriculars. Outside the curriculum of work. Work. Yep. And adult life, which for all that entails, which basically is get up, go to work, come home, rinse and repeat. I thought it was fun. I'm looking forward to going back. Would the group have to be there for you to go back? I would like to have at least one or two other people there. It's not fun if you go by yourself. Austin will accompany you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Austin's so sick and tired of it. I think yesterday Leslie was like, because we were the only singletons there. Everybody else was coupled up in our group. And she <laughs> said something. What did she say, Austin? She was like, We were following the wrong couple is what she said because we got lost in the crowd. She was indicating that she was following a, the wrong couple, implying Alex <laughs> and I are a couple. And it took me a beat, and I was like, no. I don't know. It's 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 better with a group. It's better with a group. You can't just go by yourself. Does anyone else have anything about about that they want to say? I told Austin we should have brought a bingo card to check off and see, like, the characters that we saw people dressed up as. Because, you know, there's always that one guy dressed as Deadpool. <sighs> Yeah, there was literally one guy, too, dressed as Deadpool. Literally, yep, the one guy. He was about as normal as you'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. What I do have a question to pose, and to our audience, comment if you know the answer to this. What was that dandelion princess thing? That was the most cosplayed thing I saw there, and I have no idea what that's referencing. Was it the same dandelion person, or was it multiple people with the dandelion prop it was definitely multiple people it was at least five there i saw and each one had different like iterations of the dandelion 
and the like i don't know elf whatever this thing i don't know what this thing is like let me know if you find it audience but it was like different colors and but the dandelion was all the same but the person who held it was different we're positive it wasn't the same person changing outfits every time you saw them positive because they were of a different race each person i saw you know what else is fun doing in a group watching pokemon absolutely ah yeah yeah, but if someone lets us know Frill, I want to know what that dandelion thing is. But we can move on to Pokemon now, because that's actually fun in a group. Oh my god. Boo! The episodes for this week are Shell Shock and stage fight stage fight not stage fright yeah i said stage fright on the podcast last week sorry okay stage fight which was a band episode yes it was a band episode and austin will be telling us more about that when we get to it austin you know you know all the facts (laughs) you're our resident encyclopedia with these fast facts so fast facts fast facts with austin Anyway, let's get to the randomizer here. Let's see what we got going on this week. Oh, this is actually kind of lucky. Austin, you're doing the 30-second summary challenge, followed by me doing the first episode. Oh, God. That means and, I have uh, to do the band episode. <laughs> the band episode belongs to Alex. All right. Alex, that episode was not bad. In the it was not bad. Yeah, it, it was, was ba- not bad. We'll get to it when we get there, but it wasn't banned for like, you know, like the beach one or whatever. No. It was banned for. Yeah, I don't think either of these are bad episodes. Um, yeah. Jinx, Jinx presence aside. Yeah, that was the only thing they could have. I wish, I don't know. I feel like they could have easily just like erased the Jinx out of it and it would have still, no plot would have been affected by that at all. It, it had nothing to do with the plot. So they could have easily edited it out, but they did not. Any one of us could put that episode in a video editor, take 10 minutes to yeah. cut out all yeah. 20 seconds of Jinx on the screen. They couldn't be bothered. Or you could even, like, zoom in on certain shots if you <laughs> wanted just, to. Like, yeah, shrink the frame and or yeah. put, a, put a black screen up or something like that. Anything. Anyway, the first episode we're going to be doing is Shell Shock. And Austin, you have the 30-second summary challenge for that one. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. The twerps invite themselves along to a documentary filming of a Pokemon um, dig site on on a random island where there's this crazy old man who says that people on the island will make the island sink under the red moon or some bullshit. So they're looking for Kabuto fossils, but surprise, the Kabuto fossils are actually living Kabuto uh, specimens. So the island starts to fall apart because the Kabutos awaken and the island sinks and the Kabuto lose their home. The end. Time. Excellent. That was amazing. Damn right it was. Yeah, it was. Woof. Trying to bring some positivity back here. Great job, Austin. Golden star, all for you. Fantastic. I'm a gold star gay. That's actually an offensive phrase, so I take it back. It's offen- How is that offensive? Really? Never heard of it. Like implies I mean. like oh my god, we're not going to get into it. <laughs> okay, this is a this is a homework activity you can do on okay, your own time. Before is it more or less offensive than the episode this oh, week? Oh, is it have to do with military? Less. No, it is not. <laughs> okay, okay, and now we gotta get into it. We can get into it. It's, yeah. You're a gold star gay, theoretically, if you are a cisgender gay man and you've only ever had sexual activity with other gay men. But like, you know, that it, it's just stupid. It's dumb. So it's offensive. So it's like a stamp of approval or something like that? I don't know. It's dumb. We're no. moving on. Wait, what's it called again? 
Gold Star. Oh, okay. I guess let's just talk about the episode. Wait a minute. What's one more time? What's it called? One more time, Austin. Jacob's trying to brush up on his porn searches. No, what is it, Austin? Gold Star. Oh, because you know what else is a gold star? Is the sun. And we start out this episode on oh a my bright, God. sunny day. Oh my God. It's a beautiful Jacob, sunny real. day. <laughs> that might be the absolute best transition segue you've ever done on this Oh, podcast. thank you, thank you. I uh, don't look forward to any more exciting parts, but thank you, thank you for that. Oh my God. Like I said, it's a beautiful sunny day out here in the Orange Islands. And I must say, going through the Orange Islands again is great for me because I totally forgot all these episodes for some reason. I remember the previous season... Not season, but the whatever previous run, but the Orange Islands are all somehow cleared from memory, and I wonder why. But anyway, beautiful sunny day. Sitting here, we're riding along Lapras with the Torps are. Next thing we know, this boat passes by us and splashes all of our Torps or whatever, and they just get kind of pissed. Or at least Misty gets pissed. Ash and uh, Tracy don't seem to really mind. They nearly got killed. Yeah, I relate to Misty in this moment. I relate to the road rage. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Something like this similar happened to me like i was on a like a tube float or something like that on the beach one time and a person on a jet ski came by and i guess they didn't see me because of the waves and they like hit a wave and literally almost like kind of landed on me a little bit oh my oh. god yeah i was like oh so that would like, have been terrible yeah misty was pissed for good reason here and ash and tracy i don't know they should have been <laughs> a little more angry at that that's why how sleepaway camp starts what they get pissed for being almost killed no, someone gets killed with a jet ski. Oh, okay. Oh, I've never seen that, so. It's also very offensive. It's actually very offensive, but moving on. Moving on. Well, in true twerp fashion, they decide to chase after the yacht instead of going along their way. Yeah, that is a good point to point point out, too, is this is like a yacht. This is a very nice boat. There's money involved <laughs> for this person, right? I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of yesterday's incident austin on the way to the the thing the renaissance fair <laughs> yeah i know so oh we both had God. close encounters you're talking about you trying to merge in the truck almost fishtailing yeah there. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we follow the boat to the shore and learn that there is like a reporter there with like like she's got a cameraman the whole crew and she's following this these people that have discovered a kabuto fossil there and she walks us over to the campsite and introduces us to the head archaeologist, I guess is what you would call this person. It is indeed Nurse <laughs> Joy. Thoughts on Nurse Joy being a nurse slash Indiana Jones style figure. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense in one aspect of it. But then on the other hand, they call her Nurse Joy. She never refers to herself as Nurse Joy. So is it entirely possible that she's actually not a nurse? But she doesn't correct them either. She, they say Nurse Joy, and she just kind of rolls with it. Maybe that's just her name. N- nurse is her first name? Yeah, Nurse is her first name. Maybe that's what she's going for here. They should have called her, like, Dr. Joy or something. I'm assuming she has, like, a doctorate. Does she? Because yeah. she seems kind of, like, scatterbrained to me. She's that's like, true. She starts talking about Kabuto oil, and I'm like, girl, please. This is, like, the ultimate snake oil here. Yes. I guess it's supposed to be, like, a reference to, like, well oil that they used to get, or the blubber. Yeah. They used to bathe in it and use it for lanterns and stuff like that. I couldn't imagine piercing one of those things and sucking oil out of it, though. I thought it was, like, on the skin or, like, their shell. Oh, you know, it's not inside the little back? I didn't thought you had to kill the Kabuto to, like, milk it. Ew. Well, like Jacob said, like, under the impression that you, like, 
suck out the the creature inside and then you like grind their shells up to like get the oil out of it oh maybe <laughs> anyway it's supposed to make you live forever yeah this kabuto oil makes you live forever we'll see if that's true or false here and the good thing is our tourists are going to find out too if it's true or false because they invite themselves along this trip or actually no they don't invite themselves they ask nurse joy and they let them they let them these random kids they're going to be a part of this expedition now that's a, that's a little bit what we see them for a while, because now we flash over to Team Rocket, and they're in their submarine again. And they see the TV reporter and the big crew, and they're wondering what's going on here. Next thing we know, our crew is wandering through the mountains, and Team Rocket's following them, but Ash and Nurse Joy and the camera crew are following through, noting how difficult this is too, by the way, about how much it sucks and how much it's a pain in the ass to get up this mountain. Like I said, the team report is in great shape. She's having no issue, but the archaeologists are struggling. Next thing we know, <laughs> this is where it gets really Indiana Jones here. Oh, my God. The uh, giant boulder comes down and starts chasing after our twerps and archaeologists and the TV crew. It, is this what you meant by Joy being stupid, Alex? Yes, because they're walking along and she's got her whole, like, team... And they have some Growlithe with them, which, thank God for the Growlithe, because they're like, Growlithe, what's the matter? And then the Growlithe start barking and stuff, and then all of a sudden, well, Joy's like, that's just a rock, you silly Growlithe. And then, of course, it starts rolling down the hill at them, about to crush them to death. They just kind of run away, and Growlithe is usually with Ginny, right? Isn't her them being with Norse Joy kind of like a new thing here? I guess Growlithe is not exclusive to Jenny, but... We haven't seen one with anyone else before, I don't think. Okay. Uh, James had a Growlithe. Laura Laramie had a Growlithe. Oh, that's right. Don't listen to me. I'm here with Austin Know-It-All Corner over here. Fast Facts with Austin. Anytime. So, yes, it was very Indiana Jones in that it was a giant boulder, which they were running down, like, a forest path. Like, they were like, oh, no, how do we escape? Like, couldn't they have just, like, jumped off to the side any t- at any time into the tree line? Like... Well, Ash is the one who's the genius of the group, because he says, why don't we use the Pokemon, the giant Machoke in Rhydons we have? And Joy is like, that's a great idea, Ash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they they stop at no problem, too. But I think they couldn't jump to either side, because they were actually on, like, a cliffside. Not the not the first part. As they, ro- they, they kept running, they got back to the cliff face, so they couldn't jump. But I think at the beginning, they were, like, in the woods, so they could have easily jumped. That's okay. They escaped a certain death. They do. Thanks to Machoke, who proves his strength by stopping the boulder. That's probably built up significant momentum at this point, so that raises the question of how strong Machoke really is, but good for him. Oh my god, I'm sure the deck says something like impossible, like it can move the planet or something. Can I look real quick? Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like how the vast of his strength, what does the Pokedex say? It can I'm move gonna mountains. I'm going to find out. The belt around its waist holds back its energy. Without it, this Pokemon would be unstoppable. Machoke's thoroughly toned muscles possess the hardness of steel. This Pokemon has so much strength, it can easily hold aloft a sumo wrestler with one finger. Okay. A belt is worn by Machoke to keep its overwhelming power under control. Because it is so dangerous, no one has ever removed the belt. Okay, apparently a lot of it is about the belt. Oh my god, I forgot about the belt. Isn't that an episode somewhere where they strap a belt to it to confine it? Didn't we read about that in the, um, uh, in like the manga that we read? 
I don't. I don't. We read a manga. When did that happen? The not the. You know what I'm talking about. The books we read. The light novels. Oh. Didn't it state in the light novels? Oh my god. I don't recall that, but here's one that's not like the others. This one from Ultra Moon says. A popular motif for sculptures, its incredibly well-developed muscles have captured the imagination of many an artist. Oh, God. Ooh. Oh, all right. Oh, God, okay. Many of Rule 34 artists, maybe. Austin, you know, you know that, that of course. there's multitudes of that out there. Should God. we look that up, too, before we move on? I'm good. I will pass. You'll pass the Machoke porn. I'll never get over Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, well, Sun and Moon, where you can, like, ride around on a Machoke and it literally carries you like a, it does the bridal carry for your character. Like That's, that's awesome. Oh, God. Okay. Is Machamp hard to get in the games? It's a trade evolution. It's a trade. So that's right. Kind of. Okay, because I remember never being able to get it in, like, Red and Blue or anything like that. You have to have friends in order to get those Pokemon. Darn it. And your friends have to, you know, be past two gym badges after spending 300 hours on a single game. <coughs> Moving on. Machoke stops the boulders, but unfortunately there's another boulder that goes after James, like James, Team Rocket, Meowth, all them. And that, this one is not stopped by any Pokemon. This actually hits James oh my God. and propels him down a cliff that ultimately would lead to death. But luckily this is Pokemon. That's not, that doesn't <laughs> happen here, but he falls a good bit. Poor guy. Pikachu, flash to the twerps now. Pikachu is moving along here as the expedition keeps going because the rock is not going to stop us. We're going to keep going forward. This is when Pikachu seems to notice this dark, shadowy figure following us that kind of like, I guess you can hear it a little bit in the background. Pikachu turns its head and then it's gone. And Ash is like, oh, what's that? And Pikachu just is like, uh, 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 uh. I must be seeing things. Yeah, I must be seeing things. It's been a minute since we've seen a weirdo living in the woods. Yeah. Where does this... Okay, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but I just have to ask, like, wh- where does he come from? Does he live there? Is he, like, visiting there? Like, I don't understand how he got to be there. I guess it's not important. I think it is. I think he's actually a a Kaboto that has evolutionized into a human. Oh, okay. He, he has the oil. No, he's actually, like, was on the island originally when it formed, <laughs> and he got some oil and rubbed it on his earlobes and is now living forever. Makes go. sense. It's just as good of an explanation as any. Yeah. Honestly. So Connecting the dots here. That's what we yep. do. Good job, Jacob. Of course. That's what I'm here for. We arrive at a lagoon, a bay. A hidden bay. Yeah, a hidden bay. And of course, what do you do when you get to the bay and there's Kabuto potentially out there? You just start digging away. You gotta dig. But as we're digging, this is when another set of rocks rocks now it's plural coming at us pretty hard i have a question yes all of these rocks are like strategically placed at like the very top of this cliff were the rocks already there or did this guy like push the rocks there himself or like how i'm just struggling to understand how long has he have these rock traps been there right waiting for for him to launch them Exactly. That's what I was thinking. He had to put them up there. Not only did he have to put them up there, he also had the strength to push them simultaneously off a cliff because they all fall at the same time. How can he do that? How can he like push it, run to the next one, push it, run they to the next one? They all fall at the same time. They're in sync when they fall. Unless he somehow engineered the trap to where like they're attached to something to where they fall. I don't know. Still, they fell in perfect in sync though, but something would have to be configured there that he pushes one that triggers the other ones to fall at the exact same time. I don't know. That's a 
Good question there, Alex. This man's super strong, apparently. Maybe he's just like a, a ghost or something. Yeah, and also another thing, too, the rocks are like a perfect sphere, too. So that I imagine that he spent some time also carving out these to make them perfect boulders to make them roll. Did he also make himself like a rock wife somewhere on the other side of the island? Probably, yeah. She didn't get the Kabuta oil in time, so he had to make one, make a statue of her to remember her. Yeah, there's like nothing to this episode. We are grasping at straws with this guy. You take the most loose plot point and then you build upon that, and that's how you make it entertaining. So we do. I don't think this guy had a name or. He did have a name. What was his name? But I had to look it up. Okay. Because I just was like, oh, he's old man. Then I was like, no, I don't want to call him old man. So I looked it up. Apparently his name is Umberto. 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 I don't know. Umberto. Which is actually kind of interesting because I just looked up the meaning of the name Umberto and it's, it looks like it's an Italian name. Umberto means bright warrior, but the name Umber means shade, which is kind of appropriate for this episode, I think. This is Alex's etymology corner. Yes, it is. (laughs) Umberto pushes these rocks off a cliff. They're coming at the film crew, but no, they don't hit them. Rhyhorn steps in and drills the hell out of them. Yeah. 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 Rhyhorn. Yeah. And that's when... Actually, Rhydon. Sorry. Rhydon. Yeah. Rhydon. It should be Rhyhorn. It should be Rhydon. Yeah, Rhydon. Rhydon brings the pain and stops these rocks. Ash then notices something in the woods and starts running after it and then tackles this man that we know is named Alberto. Umberto, my bad. Umberto. So this is where this man turns out to be really, see, like, the psychotic part of this man. He is trying to kill the diggers here and the archaeologists, but at the same time, he's trying to save them. This is like some weird, like, do you you agree with that? That's what he says, right? He says, I'm trying to kill you to save you from the danger. This is some very weird, circular, backwards logic. And then we get a little weirder, because after we capture him, he, like, starts speaking, he, like, pushes the reporter down, kicks her in the face, and grabs her microphone, and starts screaming at the the camera in front of him that the prophecy will be fulfilled. The prophecy will be fulfilled. <laughs> and this is, like... Oh my this god! This is so the far prophecy. out there. The prophecy will be fulfilled, and I don't even know. Okay, the prophecy is this is like berserk stuff here. The moon will glow. Oh god! Here we go. Yep. Oh come on! It, you know it reminded you of that. The moon will glow red, word for word. Berserk. The land and the sea will be overflow, or the sea will overflow the land. Okay, I have a question, Jacob. Since you know more about berserk than I do, didn't the berserk um, manga start in the eighties? Possibly. I've seen the anime. The old anime was like 97 or something, 96, somewhere in there. So maybe the writers were watching Berserk and took inspo. For sure. I could totally believe it. The moon turning red is like the scariest thing that could happen. That's not just entitled to Berserk itself. That's a bunch of anime and like cartoons and stuff like that. When the moon turns red, movies, the moon turns red, shit's going down. It's going to get wild. But anyway, the moon turning red and all, everything being destroyed is contingent on the island being disturbed. And this is where Misty says, hey, we're not doing anything here. You are. <laughs> yeah, the man is actually doing more <laughs> destroying than anything else, right? It's funny how that works, doesn't it? But anyway, so they're arguing, and then we find out that the, one of the archaeologists has actually discovered more Kabuto fossil in a cave, I guess by the bay. 
So they weren't even near. This is the funny irony here. They weren't really near the Kubota and where they were initially digging. Ash runs down, chases this man. They capture him. Everybody encircles him. One of the archaeologists discovers a cave on the side there, walks in it, and then discovers the Caputo fossil. So, like, the man led them to the place where the fossils (laughs) were discovered. It was his destiny to fulfill the prophecy, so... This is a weird-ass episode. Like, the archaeologist goes in there, he discovers the Caputo, and the cave, like, starts shaking at this point. And then we see, like, Team Rocket come through. And this is where the man tries to warn Team Rocket, hey, if you take these Caputo... Like, it's going to go down. Like, it's going to get real bad. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Team Rocket throws a bomb in the cave, which, once again, these bombs, they deny physics. They explode, but nothing's destroyed. Well, the island is destroyed. Well, that, yeah, but that's not a result of the, the bomb, <laughs> though. Okay, I'm sorry. Can we just talk about how when they throw the bomb, they throw it to Umberto, and he throws it to Tracy. This is an adult person. He's like, here, kids, take this bomb. I would have thrown at Team Rocket. God, that just makes me hate Umberto even more. So Umberto, the most hateful character, threw it to the second most hated character, Tracy. Oh, poor Tracy. Do we hate him? I don't know. Did we ever come to that consensus? I don't hate Tracy. I don't know. He drew that reporter again in this oh episode. Oh my god. That was weird. To be fair, he did not draw the reporter. We don't know that. That's neither confirmed okay. or denied. Or denied. But what is confirmed is that this island is going downhill pretty quickly. As Team Rocket... Oh, so they throw a bomb, like Alex says, and they play kind of like hot potato with it. That's the best way to describe it. It explodes. Team Rocket then shoots in with a net and grabs, like, all the Kabuto in there, or a good amount. And they try to fly off, but then something crazy happens. These are not fossils, are they? They are living Kabuto. Dun, that dun, dun, dun. are awakened by being touched? Did they ever say what specifically The red light, them? the moonlight, the red moonlight awakens them. Okay, so this is synced up perfect, right? So we do see a flash of the red moon. So if they would have done this any other night, these Kabuto would not have awakened. It's because of this red moon that just happens to be on this one particular night that awakens these Kabuto. Or the red moon came because they were messing with the Kabuto. <laughs> That's what I, that's the, that's the feeling I got. It's because they fulfilled the prophecy by disturbing the island that the moon turned red. It, does that like hold though with like nature and Pokemon being in sync in some way? Yes, Jacob, it does. That's a great point. Good theory. Right. Is that like, Mm -hmm. there's other evidence of that too, like with Bulbasaur in his garden and. Yes. When Onyx makes the staircase. Machoker born with belts that. Stop them from being more powerful. What's the time frame that a Machoke is born and the time you have to put the belt on it? Well, I guess it gets the belt when it evolves, actually. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. I just looked up... Machoke porn? No! (laughs) (laughs) Blood moon. Well, there's... Okay, such a thing as a blood moon. But then I, I searched red moon and the first thing that came up was the blood moon prophecy. Ooh. Which are a series of prophecies by Christian preachers, who I will not name, related to a series of full, four full moons in 2014 and 2015. So, did we all die in 2014 and 2015? Or Yes, we're all just living in a, in a simulation now. It was a sign of the end times, where it is written that the sun will turn into darkness and the moon into blood, 
and before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Okay, I'm so- The moon itself turns into like a giant drop of blood. The sun will turn to darkness and the moon into blood, so I guess so. Does the sun turn into a black hole or does it turn into like a like an emo black sun? I don't know. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, there's a perfectly reasonable scientific explanation for why the moon turns red. Yes, please. Let's get to that. Okay. It's because of... Here's your science fact of the day. Rayleigh scattering. What What the hell is that? The red color... Okay, as with most lunar eclipses, the moon appeared red, you know, during this 2014 eclipse. The red color is caused by Rayleigh scattering of sunlight through the Earth's atmosphere that causes... The same effect that causes sunsets to appear red. So it's not a blood moon prophecy. It's just because of science. What is Rayleigh exactly? Rayleigh scattering, named after 19th century British physicist Lord Rayleigh. What is it? What is it? What is, is it like light, light particles? Yes. Predominantly elastic scattering of light or other electromagnetic radiation by particles much smaller than the wavelength of radiation. It's why the clouds and things appear red during a sunset. Oh, that's so pretty. It is pretty. Scattering of sunlight in Earth's atmosphere causes diffuse sky radiation, which is the reason for the blue color of the daytime and twilight sky, as well as the yellowish to reddish hue of the low sun. Science. Science. Interesting. So now you just learned about the uh, what is the origin of this episode, where the idea came from. Or it was really a prophecy. Or it was really okay. a prophecy. I, I have an idea. Yes. Okay, it's not the Kabuto that are causing the, the, red, the blood moon to occur. It really was a coincidence, like Jacob said, that this phenomenon in the sky was occurring the same day the Kabuto were taken up out of the cave or whatever. But exposure to, I guess, light or whatever, the moonlight, didn't cause them to wake up from their ha- their like hibernation state. And as they actually said in the episode, there were so many Kabuto ingrained in the structure of the island, it caused the island to collapse. However... That's all just coincidence, because the prophecy oh God. was an actual prophecy by some sort of future seer person who saw this occur, so it was going to happen no matter what. You couldn't avoid the prophecy, because it was a f- vision of the future, and that's just the way it is. I think it's Umberto. He got the oil and rubbed it on him, and he was the He b- rubbed it in his eyes, and he saw the future? Yep, exactly. He saw the everlasting future. Well, it would, never would have happened if the twerps didn't go to the island. No, that still would have happened. Like, th- all, this is actually one of those situations where all of this would have happened regardless if the twerps were there. Or maybe you're right, because Joy probably would have found the Kabuto fossils anyway. They would have taken them outside, and then they would have woken up regardless. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, it would have. this would have happened. It was just, the timing of it is just perfect for plot and story. Counter-argument. Did all the Kabutos wake up because Team Rocket blew a giant hole in the cave ceiling? Yes. They wouldn't have all woken up if Joy had just taken three or four of them outside. That's true. No, no, you know what's wrong, too, is at the beginning of the episode, they do have a fossil out in the light, and it doesn't come back to... Well, it was in the sun. It was in the sun, not the moon. But didn't they have it the whole time they were, like, navigating? That's true. That's true. Yeah, it has to be the red moon light. It has to be the red moon light. This is so stupid. (laughs) A weird episode. Okay. Okay. So actually, Alex, then that goes back yes. to her point being right, that the twerps are the only reason why the Kabuto awakened, because they sped up the process to meet in sync with the red with the red blood moon. So if Joy would have went the next day and the blood red moon wasn't there, 
they wouldn't have woken up. I guess. I wish one of them would ca- have caught one of them. I mean, there was only like a thousand of them there. They could have caught one. How did yeah. I know you were going to say that? What? <laughs> I knew, I saw all those Kabutos and I was like, Alex wants someone to catch one of these things. You know of course really I do. Weird too about it is when they see them, they talk about like how they've never seen them before or this is brand new. Remember Ash and our friends, we've seen these before. This is Ash not new. has no desire. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. They All these Kabuto come to life and we've seen them before, but Ash is like, nah. I like to think, if you remember that episode, they said that those fossil Pokemon were woken up by the explosion. I like to think the exact same phenomenon was happening in Grandpa Canyon as was here. But they were already awake in that one, though. Okay. Fuck it. Never mind. <laughs> were you talking about the Aerodactyl episode? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. Um, What's her name? Gaslit everyone and said that it was just a dream. So maybe they Jenny. actually believed. Jenny was like, they just yeah. believed it was a dream. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Ash believes it was a dream. I don't know. There you go. Fever dream. To be fair to Ash, I would have extreme PTSD if I was him being like swooped down on and like grabbed by an ancient prehistoric dragon bird and like carried up into the atmosphere and almost eaten and killed and then almost fell to his death. I mean, he probably has trauma. Ash isn't sophisticated enough to have trauma. Okay, that's true. You know who else has trauma? Umberto. This TV reporter. Because her equipment after all these kabuto awaken get destroyed so all the evidence of this happening is now just gone convenient and this is when we realize that the islands sink we're going downhill the kabuto have awakened they look like you've probably all done this before you see this little like thing in your house it's like a circle you poke it then all these little babies come out or maybe like you step on a spider and all the babies Ew, come what out. this is what we've this all looks experienced like. this we've all had this happen to us you never killed a spider before and a bunch of little baby spiders run out um no thankfully not okay well audience the audience has comment if you have oh my uh, god this is what's like here there's a swarm of kabuto taking over the island and it turns out that the whole island the rock that was keeping it afloat because kabuto are buoyant it starts sinking because they all come to life and they all start scattering there's no structure of this island anymore but this is when umberto comes in and saves the day and builds a raft for every single person on the <laughs> island in I'm record so- time this is the stupidest <laughs> thing the, in the dumbest world. thing in the world i'm this sorry is the dumbest ending we've had to pokemon this this is so dumb like okay the first half of the prophecy apparently was like Ooh, the blood moon will rise and the Kabutos will come alive and the island will sink and all this other crazy shit. And then Umberto runs up and he's like, oh yeah, and by the way, the second half of the prophecy is when all this happens, you got to run into the forest and build a raft so you can like live. He made that up. What? (laughs) (laughs) He made that up on the spot. It's not like flowery at all. It's just go build a raft to survive. Yeah. You think he would already have rafts maybe pre-made if he knew the prophecy? Because the prophecy was already going to be fulfilled. He had all these damn rocks everywhere. <laughs> Those were the rafts raft built. Okay. Well, oh, the prophecy says you have to build the rafts while the island is falling apart. Oh, right. So you can't, they can't be pre-made. <laughs> he couldn't interfere with the prophecy. God damn. Oh okay. my god. I think every episode should have a prophecy in it. <laughs> This was making me think of the movie, actually. Yeah, a little bit. Well, The Winds of Water, for one. (laughs) But also the the upcoming movie. (laughs) Was it the same prophet that foretold the winds of water that foretold the Blood Moon Island? 
I, I'm going to need this prophet who talks about the winds of water, a.k.a. a storm, and the go into the woods and make rafts prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need this prophet to take, like, I don't know, an art degree or some shit so they can become more eloquent about this. That's fantastic. But they do build these rafts, though. Like, who helps out? Like, all the Pokemon help out, right? Yeah, they start chopping the tree. They made one super raft. Yeah, it's like a giant tin tree raft is what they actually make. I do like the part where they call out the Pokemon and Lapras and Goldeen, Staryu, Squirtle, they pull them through the trees and they're like, ah, they're like screaming as they're getting like whipped in the face with the branches. They (laughs) should have all died at that moment. (laughs) That would slice you up. Yeah, it would. But you know what? I did make a kind of a morbid observation at the end. The reporter's gone? Well, no. So the reporter and her two camera guys are, are still alive. Nurse Joy, Umberto, the twerps, and there's, like, two expedition team members, but there was a lot, or three, yeah, you're right, three, but there was a lot more okay. before you that we saw that in too. other shots. Oh, man. So, you know what happened here? Everybody yeah. who stayed at the original dig site that didn't follow Joy into the they woods died. after Ash tackled Umberto, they all perished. Or they got eaten by the Kabuto. One thing. Were they really? still by the boats, the yacht? And no, such? because they said their boat, the boats were on the opposite side of the island. They were too far away, and that's why they couldn't get oh, to them. So no one was at the yacht. No. Everyone was with at the bay. Yes. Yeah. Oh the shit! Those people died. <laughs> they did. They did. Yeah. Oh man, that's really morbid. It is. Mm. I was like, oh, because I I went back specifically, and I was like, there were way more than three of these people, and and there were. So I was like, oh shit, they died. And that actually leads us to the next part where Joy is like, maybe it's good that the world doesn't know about this because I just lost half my crew. I'm responsible directly for the deaths of like several yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, that does explain why the reporter had a change of heart. She was like, oh shit, all these people died. Maybe let's not do this again. Yeah. Yup. Uh, that's a rough ending. And of course we do see the Kabuto, like, like I said, they're buoyant. So they all float, all 10,000 of them just float away. I don't know what's going to happen there. Like, are they just going to go form a new island? Or, like, is somebody fishing going to come? Like, what the? What's going on? Like, they're just going to run into them in the ocean? I, we don't know. They just they're going to get away. caught in one of those fishing nets, all yeah, of them? that's the original fossil got caught in a fishing net, so... That's true. I don't know. Anyway, a bunch of people died. 10,000 Kabuto go, and they form another island, or... Who knows? Who knows? That's shell shock for you. Boy. I'm shell shocked. Somebody should have caught a Kabuto. Oh my god. Okay, who? <laughs> who should have got the Kabuto? <laughs> um, Tracy. Yeah, probably. I'm surprised Tracy didn't draw more. Because this being a new discovery for everyone. Does he try to draw one? To be fair, they were in mortal peril practically the entire episode, so there wasn't time to draw. Hasn't stopped him before. Okay, fair. This episode was dramatic. I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. Sorry, they should have had a scene where Tracy draws the moon and she's like, look, I drew a red moon. Now everyone will believe me. (laughs) In your black and white charcoal drawing. Yeah. God. It just says red in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) It has an arrow pointing to the moon. Yep. I think he really needs to invest in like some oil paints or like colored markers. What is he again? What's he called? A Pokeball Watcher. Okay. All right. A subclass. Yeah, of the Pokemon world. All right. Yeah, subclass of human or something. <laughs> you guys are so mean to Tracy. Okay, actually, I, I, you know what? I'll say. Okay, never mind. I'll save it for my MVP LVP. I was like, could you be friends 
with someone like if every time you hung out with them they like drew people i mean it'd, it'd be a little difficult to hang out with brock too you know like <laughs> honestly if every time i you, couldn't do that yeah, no way yeah. if brock is like sexually harassing pe- women all the time it'd be like no get away from us we don't like you yeah he's not with us yeah it'd be it's no like, these are the people that if they were like actual people in real life it'd be difficult to like deal with them you wouldn't want to, to associate with them that's why we give them more time weirdos <laughs> but uh alex you said you're ready to move on to the mvp and lvp and the quote that had the most impact on us i think so all right let's get our to our most viable player and our least viable player the quote the order will be okay alex followed by Booyah. austin and then myself will be finishing it off i had a feeling there was i could see the prophecy was that i was going to be first fuck yeah i was going to say I did have a problem with Tracy this episode, and that's because... Okay. Well, okay, let me let me preface this. I'm going to give my MVP to Misty mm. for the reason that after they get away for the second time from, like, the boulders that fell down the cliff when they were digging, she's the only one who's smart enough to be like, hmm, these incidents don't seem like accidents. They seem like this is deliberate, you know? I think somebody's trying to get rid of us. And this is where Tracy brushes her off. And he's like, nah, that's not true. And I'm like, okay, this is like, what, the second or third time that he's invalidated her for something that she said? Like I said, you want to hang out with this guy? No, I don't know why he keeps like, he's like the newcomer of the group. And he's got like the audacity to be like, you're a girl, Misty. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. He is a level 34 pokey watcher. Oh, my God surprisingly he's not my lvp because i have to give it to umberto (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i have a problem with tracy but umberto was worse because he's an old deranged hermit guy living on a deserted island that tries to kill several people multiple times and then throws a bomb to a child so you know quote there were so many good ones and i don't know which one to pick Maybe the, okay, I'm going to give it to when Jesse and James were walking up the side of the mountain. Ah, that's a good <laughs> one. That was the best one. That was the best one. There's so many good ones, though. There Ugh. is, yeah, but that was a real good one. Yes, they're walking along this treacherous mountain path, and James has his whole, like, explorer gear on and a heavy backpack, and he's, like, grunting and moaning and complaining, and Jesse's like, well, nobody told you to bring that heavy backpack. And James says, and nobody told you to bring that nasty attitude either, but I'm stuck with both. Good for you, Classic. <laughs> and then he gets, like, plummeted to his death by a boulder, so I felt bad for him. All right, Austin, what you got for Oh, us? I'm next? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give my MVP to Lapras. Yeah. Oh, good job. Because when they were escaping, like, the falling trees and stuff, I mean, Lapras was unable to stop them from going into the tree, but she did take, like, a hard left turn. Like, that was, like, instant, like, pivot. So she was doing her best. And I, I would not have responded as quickly if I was a Lapras. <laughs> I just kept going. Yeah, and it looked kind of cool, too. So well, Lapras. At that point, the Lapras is in danger. If the Lapras isn't attached to the people, it's not in danger. But like at this point, the Lapras has to care about them and itself. So Yeah, self-preservation. Yeah. Uh, LVP. I don't really have one. Everyone's so good, except for Umberto. I mean, you could give it to Tracy's for the reason I outlined previously. Yeah, I'll do that. Jacob's not <laughs> cool with you if I take Tracy. Yeah, go ahead. I let me let me look and see what I got. Oh fuck. Um. Yeah, go and take it. I'll, I'll come with something else. It's fine. Okay, great. I'm gonna give it to Tracy for being a misogynist. 
<laughs> and my quote will be another Jesse and James one where they're pedaling in the Magikarp sub. Jesse says, I wonder what a TV crew could be doing with those Schwerps on the island. And James says, just because you're wondering doesn't mean you should stop pedaling. <laughs> okay. <sighs> what do I got here? I'm going to start off with my quote because it leads into my my LVP. Okay, and this is, this is um, so after that first bolt, like boulder comes down and nearly kills us, the reporter gets up and she goes, oh, this excavation is off to a rocky start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that's inappropriate. We just almost died here. Some people do die. Yeah, a bunch of people do die. Exactly. So I give also give my um, LVP to the reporter for also not caring about the people dying because she cared more about her footage than going back and trying to warn those other people. So, nah to you, reporter. And then my MVP, I give it to Machoke, of course. Oh, yes. For stopping yeah. the voters. I mean, that's that's no small feat. That was really hard to do. A ton of momentum built up. Good for you, Machoke. Honorable mention to ride on as well. Yeah, ride on too for the drill horn. Okay, I do have a question about ride on's horn thing because it spins like a drill. So, like, how is that even like physically possible? How could is it like a bone? How could it spin its bone like a drill? Uh, it you have to charge your ride on at night so it can drill at any time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It just exerts a lot of energy doing that. It has, like, muscles in its cranium that are, like, going into overdrive. How could it... Did you like, make that happen? How could it... It just blows my mind. Turns out that the ride-on's just spinning, not the it's... drill. So <laughs> Everything in the universe is spinning around the drill. <laughs> around the drill. That's what's going on there. Okay. Stage fight. Stage fight. Woo! Yes. That wraps up Shell Shock. Now we can get on to Stage Fight, which is a band episode for very good reasons. Yeah. Let's do the disclaimer. We talked about this previously on an earlier episode. I can't remember the episode number off the top of my head, but it was the holiday hijinks episode. And we're covering Jinx episodes because, you know, that's the whole premise of the podcast is we look back at all these old cartoons slash anime and kind of like tear it apart a little bit. (laughs) Unfortunately, Jinx was in this episode, which is fucking annoying because like we said earlier you could have easily trimmed it out so this episode has to suffer for her presence oh well to be fair nothing of consequence even happens in this episode and it's quite easily cut out entirely i mean nothing happens like it's a it's very much a one-off episode so nothing majorly was missed by not having this episode but whatever anyway austin are you ready for the 30 second summary challenge sure why not five four three two one Go. The four kids' voice actors all get a great chance to say how um, hard it is to match the lip flaps because we're on a Pokemon showboat where we had to match um, lip flaps with Pokemon that perform on stage. And also, there's a Raichu, and I felt so bad for it because it was like in a traumatized state because the trainer girl who was supposed to voice act for it hates um, Raichu um, because she's afraid of it and that affects its behavior. Team Rocket attacks, wheezing, and then. No, no, Team Rocket doesn't attack Weezing. Weezing um. attacks. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> so Actually, close. just bragged about you. Ugh. So close. Good there's effort, a, though, Austin. There's a lot of, like, small stuff that happens this episode. You can't put it on a grand scale like the first one. 
Oh, God. This episode is so weirdly out of place. Like, we just had this perilous adventure with a blood moon prophecy, and it was so dramatic. And then now we're in town, and we're going to a Pokemon showboat theater, dinner theater thing. And it's like a total 180 shift. Anyway, I guess we can get into it. So as Austin pointed out, we are taking a leisurely break on wherever island. Where are we? I don't even know where we are, first of all. We're on showboat island. Yes. Okay, fine. We well, got we got to go from the first island to the second island. Right. The prophecy. Because. The prophecy. Because. <laughs> <laughs> For all intents and purposes, let's just call it Showboat Island. And as they're walking along, they get drawn in by the circus performer clown guy who's like, come one, come all, and see our show. So they do. And it starts out with a Hitmonlee versus a machoke and it they're having like a boxing match this is very like is this based on something like rocky or something i don't know i didn't see that i think it's just kind of like dramatic love story well there was there was like the whole like the clefable was playing the adrian role she was like don't fight rocky hitmonchan yeah and rocky hitmonchan was like i gotta fight and- <laughs> <laughs> that may be it, yeah. yeah never mind i'm wrong yeah. Right, yeah, it's like rock. So Machoke is like Apollo Creed or something? I don't know. I yeah. guess so. Regardless, they duke it out. Hitmonlee wins. Clefable is ecstatic, and it's a touching love story. Also, Abra slash Gollum was there and comes out and counts Machoke out for the count. So that was super weird. Because all the Pokemon... Okay, all the Pokemon are supposedly talking. And even the twerps are like blown away by this they're like i didn't know anyone else could talk except for meow i like to think the twerps are the only ones in the audience who don't know what's going on absolutely i mean everyone else has their right mind enough to say okay this is a show this is entertainment and there's people who are voicing the pokemon which the twerps find that out because togepi slips away from misty this little shit is getting really brazen. I feel like these last few I've been a little adventurous there, yeah. It is. It's like, what? Okay, so what has happened so far? It runs away from her on the blimp and starts, like, scaling the rafters and causes Misty to, like, have to go and, like, risk her life in the blimp. That was the weirdest one because it was, like, lightning striking behind it and right? everything. What else has it done? It's It's gotten into some trouble also. Any other notable Togepi moments? it's just done a whole bunch of stuff like i'm surprised the last episode it's not the one that ran into the cave first you know <laughs> yeah togepi was helping with the dig it was moving little yeah. rocks around that That's was really true. cute it was what i took away is that like misty needs one of those like baby strap things <laughs> obviously this thing has free will to get in and out of her arms at like any point it's literally just choosing to stay there she needs to put it on a leash a leash <laughs> like, you know they have backpacks. those little leashes for kids yeah, I saw one yesterday at the fair. Yeah, there you go. I was on Togepi's side. Togepi was like, I gotta find out the secret. I gotta learn how they're doing this. The magic of it. Yeah, well that ruins... You know what? Fuck Togepi. It ruins the illusion of the magic. Was it was it a illusion to everyone there, or was it just an illusion to our twerps? It's that childlike wonder, Jacob. You know, you're an adult person, you go to a magic show, you know there's no, no such thing as real magic. Up. Nope, it's time no. to grow up for Ash. Yep. No, there's... You could still... He's 10, he's that... an adult. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, I got it. Maybe Togepi was like, these stupid humans don't realize the Pokemon aren't actually talking. I gotta show them. Perhaps. Misty and friends have to run after Togepi, and they end up behind stage where they're blabbing super loud, 
and <laughs> they're intercepted by this girl who's like, um, excuse me, keep your voices down backstage. We're, ha- we're in the middle of a performance here. Then she comments, oh, well, you must be really close to your Pikachu, even though she's only known them for like five seconds. Well, it's not shocking the hell out of them. That's why she says that, I guess. All the Pokemon actors start doing the can-can out on stage, and the girl starts calling over to a Raichu that's passing by, and she's like, oh, Raichu, don't you want to dance with the others? And this Raichu seems very depressed and does not want to do much of anything. Raichu breaks my heart in this episode. It's so pitiful. It's like pitting itself in a way. I don't know. It's like, it's bad. Yeah. It's behaving like an abused dog or yeah, something. It's, and it's very scared. sad. Very well, it kind of is. We'll see why. We'll see why. There's a perfectly good reason for for its behavior here. For some reason, the twerps do not disembark the showboat when the show's over, but instead somehow get offered a ride by Roger, who is like the lead actor slash owner of the showboat. And he's like, I'll give you guys a ride to the next port, wherever that is, in exchange for helping... Kay, who's the girl with the Raichu, help her become a better Raichu trainer. Because you have a Pikachu, so you're just the guy for the job. How old is Kay? Do we get an age on her? She's got to be older than them. Probably like 15. I feel like she's like Brock or a little older. 15, 16, maybe. Okay. Hmm. I was asking because, you know, Ash is like way younger. I I don't even know. Like, I'm okay, now that you've said that, I'm still like trying to even think of how she fits into the acting troupe because like the troupe of Mm -hmm. actors is roger who's like an an older man there's a younger guy they're adults they're like full-grown adults like probably in their 30s and then there's a woman and then there's Kay. is she like a daughter of someone is she like what she was a stowaway they found her yeah showboat one day they do enjoy inviting children on the boat for no reason, so. Oh, maybe the next port doesn't mean the next port. Maybe this is like, we're going to keep you on this boat until we say it's time for you to go. It's oh my a, God. <laughs> they do open to the twerps into the performance at the end. <laughs> That's right, yep. Good Lord. So I don't know. She's kind of a weird addition to this troupe. She doesn't seem to contribute in any way. Yeah, I wonder what part like she would play in the, the play, too. Like, what, where was Raichu fitting in? what's going on they seem to get along just fine without her involvement whatsoever so i'm really yeah. just is she like selling tickets or something or no like... that was the that was the clown guy at the beginning oh, okay no maybe maybe you're right maybe she's like the deckhand i really feel like yeah. she's like the assistant or something or she's like in charge of like you know lights and such yeah that's yeah. important sure regardless our favorite team rocket is still stalking them being super cute because they're daydreaming about having their own dinner theater showboat. <laughs> if they can just take this one away from Roger and company. That's a common theme that they have is they want to show performers. God, they should just get into show business. It's yeah. clearly their calling. Like, clearly. They should just build another blimp and be, have a dinner theater blimp. Oh my God, they could have a blimp air show. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> or they could say they need a boat to steal more Pokemon from Giovanni. They get the boat, then they just steal it. There's, they have so many options. They could do any kind of thing, but they're single-minded in their need to impress Giovanni. So, Meanwhile, Ash is instructing Kay on how to get along with her Pokemon, which he has some very sage wisdom that he gives to her, but... And Tracy seems very impressed by this also, but Misty is like, well, that's just because he's parroting Brock. 
Brock mention. Yay. Brock. I kind of miss Brock. I kind of don't because we were just talking about how in real life he'd be insufferable and like a bad person. If you just removed the whole like harassing women aspect of his personality, yeah, the predatory part, he'd be co- completely fine. Yeah. Which he was at the beginning. That They didn't add that like sexual harassment element until later. So he at least, you know what, I, I am proud of Ash because at least he retained some of what Brock was telling him. Mm. Good for Ash. Anyway, so Raichu's not listening. Ash goes over to comfort it and ends up shocking the shit out of him. And Kay yells at it. She's like, I can't believe you've done this. And how dare you, Raichu? Oh, that was a terrible thing you've done. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. She's like verbally, yeah, traumatizing it, berating it, which is not good. So later, Ash like walks over to her and he's like, um, is your Pokemon scared of you? Because I really get the feeling (laughs) that it's scared of you. What gives that away? And she's like, no, actually, in fact, it's me who's scared of Raichu. And no, no, I think it goes two ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mutual fear. Yes. And we get the reason why is because when she first met Raichu, she's like, oh, Raichu, you're so cute. We get this flashback. She, you're, so, you're so cute. Can I, like, hug you? And it runs up to her and in its excitement gives her a shock. And she's so scared and taken aback by this that she physically takes it and throws it into the ground and it bounces off the ground and smashes into a wall it's pretty like graphic so she didn't just like drop it she like no, she chucked threw it, it purposefully threw it. yes <laughs> how much does raichu weigh too because that was pretty impressive how much she threw it here we go with the weights yeah, here we go oh god austin are you looking it up I think actually we once discussed this because Jacob said Pikachu is 60 pounds, but we found out Raichu was 60 pounds. Yeah, maybe I mixed it up. Raichu is 66 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, good good, good memory there. So, I mean, that's like a small child, and that would be like... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I oh mean, God. it's like, ta- like it's the, what you mentioned at the beginning, it's like... That'd be like you taking a dog, like a small to medium-sized dog, and taking it and throwing it, it smashes into the ground and then rolls into a wall and, like, concusses itself. But um, I'm scared of it, though. Yeah. Not the other way I'm scared scared of the dog. In Pokemon terms, like, maybe it was giving her, like, a love bite. And so she was, like, I understand that she, like, is startled and, like, jumps back and, like, goes, ah! Yeah, but she doesn't just drop it. She throws it. Right. Which is, so that's that's the line that yeah. she crosses. Yes, and no wonder it's scared of her. Well, actually, the the others, because she was, like, surrounded by the other actors, you know, Roger and the other two, I don't know. But they're, like, physically, like, <gasps> shocked by this. And so it makes me think that this was pretty, like, pretty bad, you know, because these are, like, grown people that are like, oh, my God. Anyway, so that was the little backstory. This is the moment where Team Rocket shoots the showboat with torpedoes that <laughs> somehow they have torpedoes outfitted to the magic harp sub and this startles raichu enough to jump into Kay's arms and shock the shit out of her again and then she throws it overboard well i don't really remember exactly what she does to it she doesn't throw it overboard but she punts it like a football or something yeah. like that <laughs> they all get kidnapped yeah they all get kidnapped okay i, I kind of like breeze through this next part Roger, so they get kidnapped, they get tied up, you know, in a very comical way. They're all, like, back-to-back tied up with the ropes. And Roger's like, Ash, 
you know, just do whatever Team Rocket asks you to do because we can't risk them blowing up our entire livelihood. I mean, we live on this boat. We perform on this boat. This boat is our life. You can't let them destroy the boat. Because Ash was, like, literally willing to, like, blow the whole thing up. D- the Team Rocket, they got on the boat, though. Didn't they say the goal was to take the Pokemon? Yes, they want to capture the Pokemon. Well, I mean, either way, Roger not engaging in the fight, he's letting them take the Pokemon. That's the livelihood. I mean, I wonder how long it takes to train a Pokemon to coordinate lip flaps. <laughs> you know, so what's more important here, the boat or the Pokemon that they're going to take? Roger chooses the boat. So, I mean... I don't think that he was ever planning to give them the Pokemon because he, like, has a little, like, he makes a little plan with his, like, fellow actors and he's like, okay, guys, let's go. And so they, like, they're still tied up and they, like, crab walk back (laughs) behind the stage and he, like, gives a secret nod signal to Hitmonlee and then that's when Hitmonlee starts they do their, like, ventriloquism thing where the, the Pokemon start lip flapping and then he starts talking and Team Rocket is tricked into thinking that they're actually talking, which blows their minds. And Meowth is like all misty eyed because he's like, I can't believe there's others like me. And it must have been so much of a struggle for you to go through and like learn human language. And OK, so you're saying like Roger yeah. planned this out from the beginning. Like, yes. Let's not like let's not engage here. Let's stall. Because he's a smart adult. Yes. Okay. He's a- no deal. <laughs> He's actually got a brain, and he doesn't just resort to violence like Ash is prone to do. But it is what the prophecy says. God, if there was a prophecy for this, I swear. The chosen one. Oh, my God. We're getting there. Just wait until we get to Lucario and Sir Aaron, and I'm going to just lose it. (laughs) So they, they end up defeating Team Rocket, and this is, Austin, what you were trying to explain, where... They break out of their bonds, but then Weezing does a smoke screen and they get affected by the smoke. And then somehow, I think it's Pikachu, thunderbolts them and blows them out of the side of the boat, which seems like it would have caused massive damage, but... Was it Pikachu or Raichu that did that? I think it was Pikachu. It probably was Pikachu. I don't know if it was like Raichu's redemption moment, but it, it probably was Pikachu. Maybe it was right. Maybe it was a combination. Honestly, don't remember. Raichu and K reconcile, by the way. Yeah. Um, if anybody wants to elaborate, because I don't have... I, did, I didn't I did do my due diligence, and I didn't write that down. Basically, like, Raichu jumps in K's arms and starts shocking her, and she just keeps repeatedly yelling, I like it now, I like it now. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's how they... <laughs> I, I took my notes kind of late at night, because my note just says, Raichu realizes K is feeling cute. K is feeling cute? (laughs) So that was a typo, but I don't know what it was for. (laughs) Oh, I totally forgot. Tracy and Ash team up with Pikachu and Meryl, and that's how they... Oh, Mega Punch. That's right. K gets Raichu to use Mega Punch, and that's how they blast out of the side of the, the ship. You would think that this would be the end of the episode, but surprise, it's time to call Professor Oak, and somehow tell him about this like i don't yeah. see why he cares but the episode is over and we gotta put it in a professor oak scene and like and then it just keeps on going on and on and on and on and on yeah i was very surprised i was like oh team rocket blasted off k and raichu had their little makeup like tender moment there and then it just kept going. <laughs> this so. is the moment that they had to tell Oak about, though. Not the fact that a bunch of Kabutos just ate a bunch of archaeologists in a blood-red moon sparked oh, yeah. a natural disaster. 
this is what we had to share. Professor Oak, you'll never believe it. These Pokemon are lip flapping to human <laughs> language. Oh my you know what? God. To be fair, they swore and took a vow never to tell the you know anyone else about what happened on the Blood Moon Island. So hasn't stopped Ash before. <laughs> they have to call Oak and tell him about this bullshit. Suddenly, they're interrupted by Kay, who's like, "Oh my God, it's a disaster! Come quick, Roger's sick." What are they supposed to do about this? Right? And I'm like, oh my god. And then I like checked the time of the episode and it was like two minutes left. And I'm like, what could possibly happen now? Yeah, the episode's this- over. <laughs> going. So they're like, oh my god. And so they go back on the, the showboat and find that poor Roger is overcome by his like asthma attack that he's having due to wheezing smokescreen, which... Nobody else seemed to have an issue, so I I don't know what's going on with Roger. Maybe he does really have some respiratory problems, in which case I do feel bad for him, but... Probably smokes. It could be. Anyway, he can't go on and perform. He's too sickly, and so he asks for Ash and Kay to fill in, and they do a very strangely drawn-out rendition of the To Be a Master song. Is it To Be a Master? It's Pokemon World, not to be a master. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, they sing along to the song, and Roger nods approvingly, and then, thank God, it's over. Every single character there gets, like, a moment in the camera, because we gotta keep stretching this episode out, y'all. Why was there such an air of, like, finality to this episode? Like, they get the weird, like, montage with, like, the cutaways to each character. Like, this was gonna be the last episode. Like, yeah, it's like a finale episode, almost. How it just keeps going. Yeah. Like, oh, we're done. No, we're not. It's like Lord of the Rings at the end there. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, thank God that's over with. Yeah. I like this episode, you guys. Even Ash's scary, like, voiceover for Pikachu. That was scary. I thought it was cute. Uh, I think the... Show Shock was a better episode, but this one definitely was not the worst. Is it LVP, MVP, and quote time? Finally. I will be going first, followed by Alex, and then Austin. I'm going to steal the obvious here. <laughs> I'm going to give my LVP to Kay. Mm-hmm. I don't think she should have that Raichu. I'm just going to be honest. Some people aren't meant to have Pokemon. Yeah, they, they like assigned it to her. For, yeah. That was not working out. No, that was not a great relationship they had there. Then for my MVP, huh, who should I give it to? Raichu would be my MVP, maybe because it, you know, overcomes its, like, skittishness and punches Team Rocket out and reconciles with Kay. So good for you, Raichu. And then my quote actually comes from Ash, and there's a little tidbit I'm going to add on to it. At the very end, they're doing that performance after we thought the episode was over with, but it kept going. Ash says, oh, it's kind of hard to match the lip flaps, isn't it? <laughs> and the reason why I chose that is because the convention I went to where Veronica Taylor spoke, she mentioned specifically that this was one of the hardest parts to do for the anime in certain episodes was matching the lip flaps. So it was kind of like a fourth wall kind of thing, maybe, where the character doing the character is talking about how hard it is to play the character. And that's, uh, that's why that's my quote. Really nice person, <laughs> too, Veronica Taylor. Super nice. Okay, I have to think on my feet and I okay LVP I'll give it to Togepi because if it wasn't for that little shit we never would have ended up in this situation because it didn't if it didn't run backstage we wouldn't have run into K we wouldn't have to deal with this issue and the rest is history so 
Can I just say I'm loving the reversal here about Austin being like, oh, I love this episode. And Alex being <laughs> like, oh, I hate this episode. I'm good. We had a face uh, and heel reversal here today. I'm liking it. That's not the first time this has happened. Is there like a theme like here? Because is it more like you like these like one-off episodes and I'm more of like the fan of the dramatic episodes, like the blood moon prophecy. And <laughs> I like, like that one. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We have to. Okay. You know what? But we have to have different opinion i mean we have to have different viewpoints coming out the episode in different ways like different thoughts on the whole thing so i can appreciate it i i'm not upset that austin likes a different episode than me versus you versus whoever you hear that people on the internet people can have different opinions on things that don't matter and you can still get along with them you don't need to fight some would say it's the base of a society Yes, we, we live, live in, in a, a society. society. <laughs> we live in a society. In the wise words of Jared Leto and George Costanza, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's just a Pokemon episode. It's not a big deal. If, for instance, Alex does not like Lucario, do not give us one star reviews because of that. Don't, don't come at me, <laughs> Lucario fan. Because I know you, Lucario people, and I know you really like it, but okay, it's yeah. okay if someone else does not. You may be crossing a line there, because I feel like I'm really, really, really in the minority oh, when it comes the, to Lucario. This is the hill to die on. Here we go. <laughs> Lucario is years away. We'll, we'll get there. That's true. We'll there. I'll just say that I think that the hype is a little overblown, and that attention could be given to other deserving Pokemon, but whatever. Not Charizard, not Lucario. Not Mewtwo. Sorry. I think I just covered... Oh, not Greninja either. I think I just covered the big four. Sorry. (laughs) Some of the most marketable Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) She hates him because of that reason, though. That's the thing. Okay, that's What do you think of Pikachu? Arguably the worst of all. (laughs) There we go. Yep, see? All the main cast. It's just the hell with you. There we go. To be fair, I'm really upset because Charizard is absolutely my favorite Pokemon for a long time. I had red version growing up. Charizard's the mascot. But the constant favoritism, I mean, it's not even subtle anymore. It's like Charizard is everywhere all the time. And I'm like, it's not Charizard's fault, but you're really not doing it any favors. That's all I'll say. I think it started with that card. Do you remember? Was that the card that you had to have? Yeah, base set. Yeah, the base set Charizard. I think that was like, the initial like oh my god you gotta get this card like i sprung it forward from there sorry i think we probably anybody who's listening really probably just off. Yeah. closed the, <laughs> all right the uh, mvp oh god okay lvp togepi it's all your goddamn fault we even got on this double yeah. lvp alex, to togepi. alex hates you too togepi yeah <laughs> add to the list mvp did anyone say ash ash no. i'm giving it to ash because MVP? i can't think of anyone else yes mvp okay. that's surprising you yeah. usually give him lvp well, he didn't piss me off this episode. He actually, I he pleasantly surprised me in that he actually retained information, sage advice information that he got from Brock. So I guess he does listen when it suits him, but. I thought your MVP was going to be Brock. Yeah. For a name drop. <laughs> <laughs> for the one-off mention that he got. I considered it, but then I was like, okay, Ash like did help her and he, you know, aptly pointed out like, oh, Raichu seems like it's scared of you. Like what's going on which nobody had the forethought to ask that before anyway good job ash i'm proud of you quote i didn't write any quotes down i guess the one that i'll just pick that stood out to me was when ash offers to help k and missy says there he goes again making promises he can't keep 
That was one of mine, too. My quote is when Team Rocket hit the boat with a torpedo and Ash says, I should have figured it was you three who rocked the boat. <laughs> uh... My MVP is going to further show my contrast with Alex because my MVP is Togepi. God damn it. For uh, I thought it was fun. I thought I liked how it was like, I'm figuring this shit out. I liked how when the twerps were all tied together with a rope, Togepi was literally able to just slip out from the rope and untie them. Did it untie them? Because it didn't show that. Or maybe that just loosened it, Togepi leaving. Togepi's trying to save his own life and loosen the rope in the process. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Togepi's self-preserving, just like Lapras, and I, I like that. My LVP, since K was already taken, I will give it to Jinx for getting this episode banned and for just being Jinx. Good call. Yep. Adding nothing of value to an episode and subsequently getting it banned. All right, does he have any more thoughts or opinions for Stage Fight, or are we ready to kind of close it out here? We have a hard out for Alex's haircut. It's at 3.30. Oh, oh never mind. So. <laughs> I don't know, I guess we can wrap it up here. What's next, Austin? Are we doing anything special next week, or are we continuing with our traditional format? We can do whatever you guys want. Let's play Pokemon League Junior. Do you want to do that next weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's Mother's Day next weekend, isn't it? Oh, then we probably can't, no. Sorry, I never have these episodes ready to go because I'm incompetent. Oh, I meant to say this at the beginning, but while you're searching for that, I was going back and listening to some of our older episodes. I think it was episode four, and and we specifically discussed me watching or needing to watch Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh, yeah. That episode aired almost a year ago. <laughs> it oh. probably aired before that because I had to repost some of those early episodes. Yeah, oh, that's right. And, um, I still haven't. So, oh god, well, that'll be next week. Next week will be the rise of Skywalker. No, oh next god. week will be bye bye Psyduck and the joy of Pokemon. Ooh, Aww. the joy of Pokemon. Is that named after the joy of sex? I assume so. Oh my god. So I'm assuming we're not reading. That's up to you, Alex. No, it's not. You guys have yes, to be it on is. board. Oh, you're the... Read four chapters. What? You read all of them. Four chapters? Seven chapters. I'm just asking. I'm posing the question to the group. Well, we didn't do it last week because we did the Pokemon yeah. Adventure Junior. Alex, we're reading the thing. Yay! Okay. Jacob hates me. Tune in afterwards for a reading of My Mortal if you want to. All the good stuff, is, all the good stuff is before the reading. <laughs> All the good stuff is before the reading. Speak for yourself. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. we just like to say thank you all for listening, and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. Again, that is outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at outofdryingpan. Again, our handle is outofdryingpan. And join us next time as the journey continues. Don't worry, Jacob. We're going to end. This is almost at the end. This is 31 of 44, so we're almost there. The sad thing is the almost almost isn't the end. It's like yeah. we're almost at the end of Pokemon. We've <laughs> still got 1,000 episodes to go. Okay, that, that's more of a journey than this. If we do it, then we can get through it, but you guys only like do one every week, so. Well, we got to figure out what we're going to do after My Immortal for outros, because I kind of like it.
we have to pick another bad fan fiction. Yeah, but it can't be like an earnest one. A day inside May. Why don't, we come, why don't we come up with Marvel, like, talk about Marvel's craziest plots or something like that. Oh, we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll discuss it. Yeah, um, audience, do yourself a favor and don't look up the thing I just said, because, yeah. I blame Austin for introducing that to me, and I'll never forgive you. Just what is it again? I don't even remember how I found that. I'm not repeating it. <laughs> no, what is it? Real Play quick. It I'm going to type it in the chat. <laughs> what? Oh, a day inside. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. It's exactly what you that's think. About. Yep. I it's exactly what out. you would think. <laughs> anyway, let's 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 get this over with. Chapter thirty-one. A N. I said, "Shut the fuck up, you." I have no idea what that is. Stop, Callan, Ebony, and Mary Sue. Okay, you did not even know what's going going to happen. Okay, so fuck you. Thanks to my BFF Raven for die help. I always knew you were on Voldemort's side. You son of a bitka. Buffy rocks, 111, Sirius said to Snape. No, I'm not. I was teaching them something, Snap clammed. Oh, fucking yeah. I took some black Volremort serum out of my pocket and gave it to Cerberus. He made Snap drink it. He did angrily. Then Luscious took out a tape recorder and started playing it when he, while he did curses on Snap. Then Professor Sinister and Lucian made us get out with them while Snape told us his secret secrets. Lucian took Vampire and Draco to the nurse after thanking me a million times. Professor Trevelry took me to a dark room. Now I was going to go back in time to seduce Volsamort. Moving posters of MCR and Nirvana were all over. Hermione, Darkness, and Willow came too. B-Luddy Mary gave me a black bag from Tom Ridd's store. Wait, I thought Hermione was B-Luddy Mary. Okay, never mind. Yes. Yes, okay. They're, both, they're two in the same. Oh, God. What's in the bag? I asked Professor, Professor Trevelry. You will see, she said. I opened the bag. In it was a sexy, tight, low, smut, black leather, gothic dress. It had a red corset stuff, and there was a slit up the leg. Oh, corset stuff is back. I put it on. My friends helped me put on black fishnets and black pointy boots Willow had chosen. I thought we hated Willow. Anyway, Willow and Darkness helped me put on black eyeliner and blood red lipstick. You look fucking kawaii, bitch, bloody be bloody Mary said. <laughs> Fangs, I said. Okay, now you're going to go back in Tim, said Professor Sinister. You will have to do it in a few sessions. She gave me a black gun. I put it in a strap on my fishnets like in Resident Resident Evil. Then she gave me a black time tuner. After an hour, used a time tuner to go back here, Professor Trevelry said. Then she and Bee Luddy Mary put a pensive in front of me. Everyone went in front of it. Good luck, everyone shooted. Darkness and Willow gave me death's touch sin. What? Then yeah, that's not the first time that's happened. We don't... We still don't know what it is. I don't know what... Okay. It doesn't matter. Then, I jumped sexily <laughs> into the pensive. <laughs> Suddenly, I was informed of the school. In front of me was one of the sexiest goth guys I'd ever seen. He was wearing long black hair, kind of like Mikey Way, only black. He had green eyes <laughs> like Billy Joe Armstrong and pale wit skin. He was wearing a black ripped-up suit with bands. It was... Tom Bombadil. And there's the smoking and gun. And there it mm -hmm. is. You can't ever convince me that this isn't a complete satire. 
All right, is that it or one more? Jacob. Jacob. Um, I'm good. You're good. All right. <laughs> okay, bye. Jacob's good. See you next week. <laughs> bye.